ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Allstate. Good day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into First Take on this Wednesday. And, of course, because it's Wednesday, you know your guy, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, in the building. Got a little tan. Yeah, a little, little tan. Golf. Feel good. Got and I got, and I got the up. big guy here today, got too. in studio with a nice spring blazer. Yeah, he looks good today. Looking, he's got a nice white look, tie. Looks look sharp. Looks sharp. Look sharp. Windhorse, of course, you know he's got the tie on for USA. He listened. He does. He does. He Hair's listens. on point per he usual, listens. looking he, handsome. He listened. I mean, I want you to fix your tie just a little bit there, Woody, but you're wearing yeah. a tie. It's a nice, nice oh, yellow too. tie. Yes, you look nice. Yes, sir. You look well, nice. You great hair. You I should have gone to very proud. Uh, pre-show approval meeting. Sorry. No, I'm very proud. I'm very <laughs> proud. I see you've upgraded, my brother. Looks nice. I love it. Looks I nice. love it. We got the spring colors going. We're in like it. that. All right, we got a lot to get into, so let's do it. And we're gonna start with the NBA. Max Struess, 59-foot shot at the buzzer, lifts the Cleveland Cavaliers over the Dallas Mavericks. Struess heave as time expired. His fifth made three-pointer in the final four minutes gave Cleveland a wild 121-119 win over Dallas. The memorable shot was the second longest game-winning buzzer beater in the three-point era. Stephen A., unreal. It was. I got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, Struess, who was, I mean, there was an APB out for him in the playoffs last year when he was playing for Miami. You couldn't find him. Couldn't find him. I mean, they're they still looking for him in South Beach. Couldn't find him anywhere. So that was certainly problematic, no doubt about that. But in the end, he's going to Cleveland. He's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, they look great. And I got to give credit where credit is due. We all know what a huge Donovan Mitchell fan I am. My hope is that they'll struggle, they'll lose, and ultimately he'll want out to come to the New York Knicks. That's my game plan for Donovan Mitchell because that's where he should have been to begin with. And don't get me started with that. But in the end, here's the bottom line. Cleveland looks like a bona fide threat within the Eastern Conference with everyone but Boston. You could say Boston as well because obviously, uh, you know, Cleveland, they get hot. They can beat anybody. I'm still not sold. I still believe if the New York Knicks come back healthy, and that's a huge if, the New York Knicks can take them just like they did last year. But it doesn't take away from what I'm seeing right now. Credit where credit is due to the Cleveland Cavaliers, and that was obviously a big-time performance in the fourth quarter by Max Struess, and clearly that was a big shot. Made five threes. You're right about him. He was a disappearing act in the uh, postseason. Listen, I don't necessarily believe in him in a short series. I don't know if they get enough offense. They got overmatched by the Knicks last year. They didn't do anything. Mitchell played poorly. Now, if you look at the big picture, they're, gonna, they're the two seed right now. And they get a nice little lead over Milwaukee, Stevie so, and Brian. So, as a result, they will be in a spot where they get home court through the first couple of rounds of the postseason. And Cleveland-Milwaukee, let's say Knicks-Celtics, not knowing Embiid, those very well could be your semifinals. So, the two seed, to me, is important mm-hmm. because you don't have to deal with the Celtics into the NBA the two order three seed. The two order three yeah, seed. Either one. But, right. you know, you want the twos. Then you're the home court right, against right, the Bucks. Right. So they have a chance to get that. But I don't necessarily believe in them offensively in a short series right. in a big spot. That's where I feel with Cleveland. Go ahead, Wendy. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think this game actually made me worry about the Cavs a little bit and impressed me with the Mavericks, but I'll get to that in a second because there's no way we can start today without talking about three crazy things about this fourth quarter, which probably will be one of the craziest fourth quarters. I say fourth quarter. I mean last seven minutes because I'm going to tell you seven minutes to play. It's a tie game. Two excellent teams, tie game. For the next three minutes on the clock, the first thing I, I watched was Luka and Kyrie Killing the Cavs. Clinical, surgical offense, destroying one of the best defenses in the league. They were playing good defense, and they were giving up points. And in three minutes on the road, Dallas takes a 10-point lead. Just puts them in the ground. Very impressive. Then, Max Struess hits four three-pointers in like a minute and a half of game time. I'm not sure I've ever seen that. Like, we're talking like Tracy McGrady level uh, hot streak there. That was before the 60-footer. He hits four threes in a minute and a half to save the Cavs in this game. This game was over, okay? And then the third thing, which is amazing, everybody was out of timeouts with nine seconds left. The, the Mavericks inbound the ball and run a brilliant play. Luka Doncic shows incredible poise, which will be lost to the history and memory of the play he makes to get the Mavericks the lead. The Cavs have no guards in the game. Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland, their two all-star level uh, ball-handling guards, are on the bench because J.B. Bickerstaff wanted size on the court, which is one of the Cavs' issues, but that's not for right now. So he's now got two seconds, and they need to get a miracle shot off, and there are two guys that they have on the team that could maybe catch the ball, do two dribbles, and make a long shot, are sitting on the bench. This is a terrible situation. I mean, what's the chances of the Cavs winning here? It's like one thousandth of one percent um, with those two guards on the bench. So, But I will say this, the Cavs did have a play called. And it was the old-fashioned doggy. You've seen it before. It's the hook and ladder. It's the Valparaiso I, play. Bryce drew, except for instead of throwing it three quarters, yep. they threw it one quarter. And it's just a basic hook and ladder, and it's a one in a hundred shot. And so to see those three things all play out in that last seven minutes, absolutely jaw-dropping NBA basketball game. Hundred percent, good point. I remember no timeouts, so they couldn't get the ball at half court there at the end. Right there, they had no Cleveland yeah. had timeouts. Yeah. Right. Couldn't call the timeout. On, no, on no this timeouts. show, we pride ourselves on being fair. So I have to be fair. Wendy brings up Dallas. This brother, Kyrie Irving, have you been watching him? Well, I had a big game last night. Got a Spe- big ovation. Sure Spectacular. Have. Spectacular. I mean, he, he looks magical on the basketball court. I'm just telling you. And we all know what Luka looks like. Tim Legler, props to him, has been talking about the Dallas Mavericks for weeks. I'm paying attention now because they look absolutely unstoppable. When you see Kyrie Irving and Luka clicking, and by the way, Tim Hardaway Jr., there's nothing to sneeze at either. It's special to watch. It really Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Let's dive in a little deeper, go macro here, guys. Tell me this. Do you view the Cavs or Mavs as sleeper teams in their respective conference, S.A.? I, re- I, re- I view Dallas that way. Yes, I do. I think that Dallas, and you could say a sleeper, but think, of, think about it this way. We think about size, and we know they acquired some size, Molly, yeah. uh, you know, prior to the, to the trading deadline uh, with Gaffey and others. And we love – I love Derek Lively personally. I really love what I see him. And I just think that Jason Kidd, I think he's a sensational coach. So I give credit where credit is due in that regard. But when I think about the rest of the Western Conference, as tough as it is, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, that's youth there. 
year. Dallas could take advantage of that, especially with people as great as Luka and Kyrie. Denver's a different animal because of their size, experience, and now championship pedigree. But the Lakers, they can't shoot like that. You can take them. The Clippers, they've been up and down as of late. They look like they could be had just like they can take anybody. And so that's up in the air. Phoenix struggles in the fourth quarter, struggles with leadership in the fourth quarter, which is why Kevin Durant was being a little bit petty when he kept talking about leadership, 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 when he was being asked about it, sort of, you know, just just throwing shade at the media, whatever. But they've had a problem in the fourth quarter. They'll have to get that together, and we don't know about the status of Bradley Beal in terms of his up-and-down roller coaster ride as it pertains to his health. Dallas is formidable. They can score on anybody, and they are, they've got not one but two showstoppers. I believe they're a sleeper. Cleveland, I'm not sold on yet. I believe in Donovan Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I really, really do. I believe in Darius Garland to a lesser degree. Everybody else to me is suspect. Am I supposed to believe and get caught up in last night and think that that's going to be the Max Struess that we see come playoff time? I'm not sold on that. A Jared Allen, who can play, a 15 and 10 guy, but is he going to show up come playoff time? I don't know about that. And so I don't think, I, when I talk about the sleepers, I'd look at Dallas as being more so of a formidable answer to that question than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, you know, I watched a lot of the Pelican game last night against the Knicks, and I understand the Knicks are all banged up. Yeah, so you four can't starters start, down. Four you, starters. You, can't, you, gotta, you right. can't look at the game right. from a standpoint of big win, Sure. but the Pelicans got a lot of players. I mean, they got two big offensive players. Right. The kid Murphy can shoot. McCallum didn't even play. Mm-hmm. They can play some defense that they have to. You like the Travis Kelsey lookalike and Vashalunas. Let's right. throw him in there, too. Yep. And I'll let Wendy take over. He's the, <laughs> he is a Travis Kelsey lookalike. They're they, 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 they brothers. They, 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 they look like, exactly like, like <laughs> And Alan Hahn said that. that. So I don't <laughs> well, I've been saying it for years. Said it? No, it was Hahn who said uh, so. I don't get their parents together, and we got we to investigate that tree. They look like straight brothers. It's unbelievable how they look alike. I'll let Wendy handle it from here. The NBA in the West is... Is fascinating because the the ninth and the, the the Warriors and the Lakers they're going to be in a playing game. They're going to be in a playing spot against Curry and LeBron in that situation. That's very risky, and I can't separate Pelicans, Thunder, Timberwolves, and Mavericks. I don't think any of the four is yeah. going to win the conference. But I think any of the four can be very, very dangerous. I think it's Clippers, Denver in the conference final. So I can, but I can't separate those middle four in which I would put there, uh, Wendy. I put the Mavericks right in the mix there mm-hmm. with the Pelicans, Thunder, and uh, and Timberwolves. So Kyrie came back from his latest injury nine games ago. They are seven and two in those games, and I'm going to give them an asterisk for last night because they deserve to win that game last night. It goes down as a loss. Great job, but. I'm not even talking about that. In those nine games since Kyrie came back, Luka Doncic is averaging 34 points, nine and a half rebounds, nine and a half assists. He's basically averaging a 34-point triple-double alongside Kyrie. The trades that they made, by the way, Kyrie in this stretch, guys, he's averaging 27-5-5. and He's putting up mass numbers across the board. Plus, the trades gave them size. Stephen A. mentioned that twice. It's so important in the Western Conference because you're either going to need size to go up against the big teams like Denver, like Minnesota, uh, or you're going to need size to go up against the teams that want to play small and overwhelm them, like Golden State and, uh, and, and Phoenix. So the way that they were able to add size and the way these two guys are playing, extremely impressive. But I want to talk about the Cavs real quick. They are 3-3 three and three in their last six games. They should be 2-4. and four. Okay, they hit the shot. Great victory. 
their problem is is that their best players, when they're on their on the court, they don't play their best basketball. In the Evan Mobley has been back from his own injury for 13 games. The Cavs have won 10 of them. That sounds awesome. They're great. The problem is, in nine of those games, he's been negative and plus minus. Because when he's on the court, they can't spread the floor. When Max Struess was making all those threes last night, he was essentially playing power forward because J.B. Bickerstaff took Evan Mobley off the court. And it's not a commentary on Evan Mobley. It's a commentary on they need the floor spread for Donovan Mitchell. And I, and I don't want to ruin your morning, Stephen A., but I'm, I don't know if the Donovan Mitchell-Knicks thing is really still a possibility. I guess it is because he can be a free agent in a year. That's what I'm thinking. I don't know how Donovan feels. I don't know how he feels, but I got to imagine as a kid from New York who wanted to play for the Knicks in 2022, that's where he wanted to get traded. That's not an insult to Cleveland. I'm from Cleveland. I'm not insulting it. He wanted to be a Nick. He's got to be looking at what Jalen Brunson has and feeling like, damn, like that could have been me. Because Jalen Brunson crying in front of the fans when he gets named to the All-Star Game. Jalen Brunson's name echoing in the streets of New York. Jalen Brunson becoming a hero at the Garden. I don't know if Donovan Mitchell, first off, I don't even know if they fit, Stephen A. And I don't know if Donovan Mitchell can come into this You stop that blasphemy. You stop that blasphemy. You stop it right now. I don't want to hear that. Let me tell you something right now. I don't think it makes sense. Let let, let me explain something. Let me explain something to you right now. I'm going to tell you how it makes sense, all right? Listen, Donovan Mitchell is a scorer. Donovan Mitchell is a number one scoring option. I don't think anybody would deny that. There's there's levels, there's tiers to superstar status, but this brother is something special. That's number one. Number two, we can look at their size of them being undersized, and I get that part. But look at everywhere else. They have size. And when you take that into consideration, along with Thibodeau's ability to coach defense, what you need if you're the New York Knicks, trust me on this, my Lord, please don't sit up there and listen to Wendy echoing this stuff, and and, and people might go get – we can't have this, Wendy. We can't have you distracted the New York Knicks fans. You have to have a scoring option. See, we get caught up in what we see the Knicks doing during the regular season. For years, you're doing New York radio. You get caught up in what the New York Knicks are doing in the regular season. And then come playoff time, when it's a best four of seven, when you've got the spolsters of the world and others able to game plan against you. And really, it comes down to everybody knowing what the hell you're going to do. But what you're going to do about it, you got to have that dude. On your offensive side of the ball, as great as Jalen Brunson is, and as great as I know he will continue to be, he's not enough. And Julius Randle, God bless him. I hope he comes back healthy. We really, really need him. He's a workhorse. He shows up to work every day. Mad love and respect to him. But I can't rely on him, especially with shooting, come playoff time. I need another offensive weapon. I need a dude that could put it in a hole, that could help Jalen Brunson do that. I know it. Donovan Mitchell knows it. Now, is he going to leave Cleveland? New York Knicks, 11 first-round picks over the next seven years. Six first-round picks over the next two. You can trade for some assets now, but in Mitchell's case, he's going to be a free agent after next season. And he wanted to be in New York to begin with Leon Rose and Gershaw Rojas on the phone trying to bluff the great Danny Ainge. The most stupidest thing is Leon's done a great job. Give him credit. But how stupid can you be to try to bluff Danny Ainge? That was not smart. Okay? Otherwise, Donovan Mitchell would have been here. Well, Don't believe that blasphemy, what Wendy. Do you, what do you think Don't it, say it. Before we move on, what do you think it would take to get Mitchell? Me personally? Yeah. Well, well like, first of all, I think that he has to want to leave, I'm which, tell I, you what which it I believe take. he will. But it, it'll, it'll right. be a couple of first-round picks. Like what? Uh, it'll be a couple of first-round picks. It don't need to be three or four or anything like that. It'll be a couple. 
It'll be a couple, but he's worth it. Wendy, <laughs> tell me, what do you think it would take? I mean, I mean, look, first off, Donovan Mitchell, he's going to get offered a contract extension this offseason. Yeah. He's either going to take it and stay in Cleveland or not take it, and then all hell's going to break loose. That's right. And if that happens, the Cavs are going to, you know, want everything from the Knicks. They're going to want six first-round picks from the Knicks. That doesn't mean they're going to get it. Right. But I'm just telling you, Stephen A., Donovan Mitchell is now a point guard. He's become a point guard for the Cavs. The reason they're in second place is because how well he's played a point guard. He gets into problems when he's got to share the ball You'd be hurting both of them by bringing them together. And I think no. that that's, that's a I factor. Think bas- he's I, thinking th- about what I, he's I think if do. you're looking at their games, you're right. I think if you're looking at their basketball IQs, their selflessness, their willingness to play together, I think those are the adjustments that can easily be made by guys of that ilk. You're right in terms of what you're watching with the eye. But we've seen Donovan Mitchell as a two-guard. We've seen him in the postseason in Utah. We've seen that this brother can show up and put the ball in the hole. And we know for a fact that the New York Knicks do not have enough offensively, okay, to sit up there and, and, and have to – you need a number one option. Uh, you, and it doesn't need to be Jalen Brunson. Jalen Brunson's great. But you can't ask him to be a number one option and carry you through the playoffs as deep as I want the Knicks to go. Well, Monroe and Frazier did it, right? I mean, in 1973? I won a championship. The last time they won a title. The last time they won a title, big guy. They brought Monroe in and they won. I understand. And you know, one thing about Donovan Mitchell... Can we calm down? Did anybody see him last year against the Knicks? And yeah, he wasn't said, awful. He had some oh, good games. he was no, awful. No, 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 no. He had. He, listen, he didn't he have a great. Play, good. He didn't have a play great playoff series. He had some great moments. He had some good games. They got smoked with home I, court. They lost in five I, games. I, I, well, you know what? They Hometown were an kid. inferior team. Hometown kid. All right. Okay. All right, Wendy, sit tight. I got to get into the some Knicks football. The Knicks had him. They would have been in the conference finals. They had oh, to beat Miami. Okay. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code FIRSTTAKE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll get $150 in bonus bets. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. For New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. For Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050. For Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. For Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. For Puerto Rico, call one 800 981 0023. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Brought to you by the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles in everything you buy and turn everyday purchases into extraordinary trips. Plus receive premium travel benefits, like access to over 1,300 airport lounges and a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. Unlock a whole new world of travel with a Capital One Venture X card. What's in your wallet? Term supply, lounge access is subject to change. See CapitalOne.com for details. Bears GM Ryan Pohl said he has no master plan to reveal the team's decision at quarterback. Chicago owns the number one overall pick in this year's draft and will decide between keeping fields or selecting a quarterback. Polls didn't rule out trading fields either. Uh, here's when he wants to make a decision. 
I would love to know as soon as possible. Right. I mean, I, mean, I would love to know, um, but I know that's not how the process works. I'm sure, before free agency would be good. I want to do right by Justin as well. Uh, no one wants to live in gray. Um, I know that's uncomfortable. I wouldn't want to be in that situation either. Sweet Lou, there he is. How we doing, Lewis? Thanks so much for being with us. I'm going to come right to you and dive right into it. Besides Chicago, Lewis, what team needs to get the quarterback situation right? I think for sure that it's Washington. And I think because of the opportunity that's in front of them, both in their division and in their conference, the NFC is wide open. This is a career-defining – well, not career-defining, but this is a foundational decision – at the quarterback position for Josh Harris, Magic Johnson, and their ownership group. It's a foundational decision from which they can grow from for the next 10 to 15 years if they wind up getting this situation right. And they could quickly, I believe they could quickly make themselves players in the East and make themselves players in the NFC overall. And there are, there's going to be potentially, well, there's going to be a quarterback sitting there that will allow them to do so. Either, either Caleb Williams will be sitting there for them to pick or Jaden Daniels will be sitting there for them to pick. And I think both of those kids obviously have the kind of ability to go ahead and take an organization from the, by its bootstraps and kind of say, hey, look, well, I'm going to grow together with you because we are dynamic talents. We are dynamic talents that bring so much to the table in terms of what we do on the football field from a throwing and running perspective that we will wind up really energizing the rest of the locker room, energizing the rest of the football team, and we will energize this fan base in a way that it has not been energized since maybe, I don't know, since the days of Doug Williams, since I was watching them, you know, just absolutely beat the brakes off of the Denver Broncos in the Super Bowl. It's been a long time since they have someone at that position that has gone ahead and taken hold of the DMV area and raised it to, to the degree that these two young men could. I know that you got a history in management. Did you used to work in Washington? It was one of those places, Washington. Yeah, I sure was. You know what? I don't. I don't in the like early you 2000s, right now. I don't, yes, I don't like you right now. You did this, up, bro. You came on the air this morning just to aggravate me, just to aggravate me. Okay? You, you got to be kidding me. First of all, last time I checked, RG three. I mean, when he was a rookie, he took that area by storm. He took the DMV by storm. But let me say this to you: How in God's name could you say that with a straight what? face when you see what the hell has been going on in Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh Steelers. That's what they need. Let me throw this at you. But you know doggy. what? Why? What? Go, go ahead and interrupt me by saying, well, I can't I believe the blast coming say, out of your mouth. See, so what? So, no, so, so what? So what you're saying, you, so you think that right now that Pittsburgh needs to go ahead and make a left turn at the quarterback position and start over, right? You think it's critical start for them over. to do that? I'm not convinced start? that Pittsburgh believes that. The, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm, the not believe, I'm not convinced that Pittsburgh believes that. I'm not convinced that Pittsburgh believes that. I'm Kenny not, Pickett, I'm not, Mr. Put, I'm not Trubisky, Mason I'm Rudolph. I'm not convinced that me? Pittsburgh believes that the way you believe that. I'm not okay. convinced that they do. Okay, can I speak? Because Kenny Pickett, look, listen, you, you, know, you know how bad it was in Pittsburgh, right? My, my, my brother. Structurally on offense. You know how bad it was, right? I, I see. What, what, what you, you were talking to kids and them. Your strategy is to out-debate me by not let me get, like, like, get my <laughs> point out. Is that what you do to a Louis Riddick? Don't you try that with me, man. Sometimes look, that's look, the only thing I can do. Sometimes that's look, the only thing you can check do. Check it out, man. Check it out. Look, man, look, look. I defer to 
telling you, my, damn it, I had to bow down. You were telling me about Patrick Mahomes before you even started the game. I got you. But let me throw this at you with the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay, because they got weapons all over the place. I don't know if y'all know. They got Warren. They got Najee mm-hmm. Harris. They got Pickens. They got Deontay Johnson. They got Fry Muth at the tight end spot. They got a defense. My man T.J. Watt healthy. We big time. Here's the deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's all about the quarterback. It's all about the quarterback. Mitchell Trubisky, are you kidding me? Thank God he's going to be going. Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, the Steelers scoring off his 28th pass yards, 27th. Dead last in touchdown passes. They've had 25 touchdown passes in two years. In two years? In two years, Lewis? Passer rating, 26. I mean, my God, the stuff that the lack of quarterback play has subjected the great Mike Tomlin to. Look, enough's enough. We need a quarterback. I don't give a damn if it's fit. But you know it's bad. You know it's bad when I don't even mind if Kirk Cousins comes. I ain't mind if Kirk wow. Cousins comes. That's how wow. bad the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback <laughs> situation is. But. Kirk Cousins, who ain't producing a postseason yet, who's out with the, what is it, ACL or Achilles or whatever the hell it is, all right? Achilles. He's Achilles, right? He's out, right? Oh, damn it, he can crawl back and I'll take him but, over but what the hell I've seen in Stephen Pittsburgh. A. Him or Russell Wilson. I ain't ruling out Russell Wilson either. Any of the three will be a significant upgrade to what the hell they got right now. And you bringing up the commanders? I mean, please, please. But, Stephen A., listen, listen. Listen, look, well, you know what? I, I bring up the commander simply because of the opportunity I think that's in front of them, both in their division and in the conference. And I think Jaden Daniels front? or Caleb, whoever winds up being two, I, I just believe that they that that is a situation that is something that could really catapult that organization. They got no shot. You know, next in year. a way that it hasn't uh, been catapulted. And that's not trying division? to be disrespectful to RG three, but but look, I'm I'm just telling. Listen. Listen. Okay, so anyway, let me get back to Pittsburgh for you real quick. Go ahead. Just let me get back to Pittsburgh Go real ahead. quick. You know how bad Matt Canada was, right? Yes. Yes. You know I advocated for okay, him so let me tell you on this. many occasions up here. You're right. So you know what? He ain't if, worse if than Justin, the Daniel Hackett, though. Say that right now, He's not let, worse than the Daniel Hackett, though. He's not worse than the Daniel Matt Canada was not I, worse I than the Daniel Hackett. I don't know about that. I don't really? know about that. Wow. I don't know about that. Wow. Wow. I don't know about that. I'm just telling you from my intel, I don't know about that. Okay. And see, Pittsburgh right now, see, Kenny hasn't had Kenny, Kenny hasn't had the benefit of having someone of the kind of, of of the kind of competency level that I believe Arthur Smith possesses. As a coordinator, I believe Arthur Smith is going to whoever he gets a hold of in that offense, with Mike overseeing it. I think he's going to have the same kind of effect on this quarterback that he had on Ryan Tannehill when Ryan took over for Marcus when Arthur was offensive coordinator down in Tennessee. I believe that he could have that effect on Kenny or whoever or Justin so or Kenny Russell Pickett. or whoever comes in there. So you believe in Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I do believe in Kenny Pickett. Wow. Yes, I do. Mm. I don't. Yes, I do. I, don't. I, don't. I do. I do. I'm just telling you, I do. Nah. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I know, well, you, I know people want to automatically just say, you look – I know people want to throw quarterbacks out all the time and say, no, you know, and act like they just stick. Look, it's like up there in New England, right? It's up in New England. People want to throw Mac. Do you want to throw Mac Jones out? Yes. You think Mac Jones is too? You're being very emotional this morning, yes. Lewis. You're being very emotional this morning. Let me ask you this question. Let me, before I get the doggy, let me ask this question right here, Lewis. I mean, it's very emotional this morning. Right. I'm going to ask you this. You're sitting up there and saying that with a straight face. You're trying to tell me you, you think that. Arthur Smith, I mean, that he can do something with one of those three. With Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson in Cleveland collectively showing you what they could do if they get elite quarterback play. You trying to tell me you comfortable 
going into next season with the Pittsburgh Steelers with Kenny Pickett and Mason Rudolph as your quarterbacks? You saying that with a straight face? They're going to bring someone else in there. No, okay. no I'm not saying that That's they should add competition about. to the room. They should add competition. through. But you know what? When Ryan Tannehill took over in Tennessee, there isn't a person that, could have, that you could have found that would have said he would have had the career resurgence that he had in Tennessee. I not still don't see the resurgence. One. I'm still looking for I, not Lewis, that was a that's a Stephen terrible, A. When he was in Tennessee. It, 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 Ryan Tannehill didn't move me. I'm not talking about def- that. Move, their defense moved me. Derrick Henry moved me. You understand what I'm saying? That, uh, Ryan he was Tannehill the, was a byproduct of I mean, th- th- to he me, was he was the reason. He was most efficient passer in the listen, league listen, when he was when, there. When the brother, and listen, uh, remember this. All you, all you want to get engage in collective amnesia now. You were saying that stuff right here on first take, even though you were sitting in your beautiful studio right there at home. And what did I say to you? I said, come to me, come playoff time. First playoff game. This brother, I'm talking about, they got tailgate parties. They celebrating in Nashville, Tennessee. And before they had a chance to pass gas, the man threw two interceptions and automatically obliterated their Cincinnati. chances in the playoffs against Cincinnati. I told you it was going to happen. And I said to you, this is what he does. And that's what he did. And then after that, was the APB out for you because I couldn't find you for about two weeks because they had you doing every damn thing. You didn't have time <laughs> to come up first thing to explain the fact that, that they had it. I'll oh, stop it. But Lewis, you stop it. You Go ahead, doggy. Come on. Never got to put no APB out for me. <laughs> You're making Tannehill out to be a little better than you. Yeah, you Take it easy. I mean, and Arthur Smith, he had the two quarterbacks in Atlanta. They did nothing. Now he's going to go to Pittsburgh and make um, Trubisky out to be Terry Pascoe. Who? They got to take it easy. They got. He had. Two. Hold on. Wait a minute. Wait. Man, he, man, had one, it, he had one quarterback in Atlanta. He had Heineke, too. He had the Buffalo Heineke. 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 Not, Heineke. Not, 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 Are you the kidding muffler. me? Not the muffler Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Not the muffler. <laughs> not the Are muffler, you kidding me? Heineke. That's what I'm saying. That guy. You're going to say he – you're going to – you're going to say he didn't do nothing with Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter and you're going to now no, hold that against them? In the worst division in football. They did nothing. That division was terrible. The Bucks were 9-8. and eight. You heard, No. No, he did nothing. You heard, you heard, what, Raheem, make, make you heard what Raheem Morris – Doug, you heard what Raheem Morris just said about the quarterback situation in Atlanta, right? You heard well, him no. say that if they got that situation right, he may not be standing there, right? Well, that's true. You heard I him just that. say that, what, which yesterday? Means they didn't get it right. Which means okay. Arthur Smith well, didn't get the job Which means they didn't get it right. Oh, so now, it's, so, so now it's Arthur Smith's fault. He just he has to make sugar out of you-know-what, right? Come well, on now. That's the job. Like he's going to go to Pittsburgh and make it right. He didn't make it right in Atlanta. Louis, Louis, Louis. <laughs> hey, man. He's a coach, not a magician, man. He's a coach, not a magician. Uh, one, other, one thing, I'll just say this. Justin Fields is getting traded, Okay. This pose is not going to be in Chicago where they haven't had a quarterback in a very long time. And he's going to keep Fields, who, by the way, is 11 and 29 in 40 starts. He has, and his quarterback rating in the fourth quarter is 73%, who's only thrown over 200 yards in half his starts in his career, whose pass attempt numbers actually went down with more when they made that trade. By the way, by the way, Doggy. quick note with the Steelers. Doggy. Mitchell Jabisky's already left. Mason Rudolph sitting free agency. Only quarterback hey, on their it. roster is Pickett. I, I'm sorry, Lewis. Go ahead. What did I say? Doggy. 
Doggy, don't please don't don't use quarterback wins as a stat with me. Please just don't do that. Well, how about his don't fourth do the quarterback quarter wins thing how about his when it comes to quarter. Justin Fields? And you know what else happened in Chicago? You know what you know what Justin Fields was subjected to in Chicago, right? Well, they were yeah. You know what yeah. kind of like yeah. dysfunctional stuff? They just blew out the entire offensive staff. So how do you factor that well, into I mean, Justin Fields' lack of production at an elite level? How, well, what, what, what role? What role did Luke Getzey play in this? Play in well, this? I agree. What role at all? And I love uh, Luke. Uh, uh, what I, role I, did I he get play? That. Uh, but if you're the general manager, Lewis, of the Chicago Bears, and you did not draft yep. C.J. Stroud, the franchise passed on Mahomes, yep. you got a guy up there. Now, I think yep. he's a little overrated, but you got Khalid Williams. Uh, uh, you got the kid from USC there who guys like you think is a generational yep. quarterback, and you have Fields where you're going to have to pay him a fortune in a year who has been, let's be fair. I don't know if you have to pay best, him a fortune, but well, I Well, you got to pay him a lot. Pay, you know, you can't restart the quarterback yep. clock. And you got Fields, who has done, let's yep. be honest, he hasn't won. Now, is it his fault? No. But he hasn't really been that great. You're going to pass up on Williams right. to keep Fields here? You cannot do that in that city. You, you, because if Williams turns out hey, to be Mahomes and you passed up on him, you're never going to survive. You have to draft Williams. You have no choice. Hey, I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not arguing against Caleb's talent. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'd be forced okay. to do that. I watched him. I put a, I put a clip on social media showing that the, the kid has special, special traits. He has special quarterbacking ability. Yeah. He really does. What I'm saying, though, is in the process of doing that, we are also, like, walking this ledge where we're saying that Justin Fields is broken, ruined, you know, is someone who's never going to be able to ascend to the level of being able to take a team to the playoffs, take a team to the Super Bowl. And I just don't believe that is true, simply because I don't think he has been put in a situation that comes close to being able to maximize his potential. Not even close. He, it's been the, the amount of change that he has undergone and the lack of competency that has surrounded him has been the kind of thing that has put a lid on his upside to this uh, point. And I think that lid yeah. will be blown off if he goes to a situation uh, like Atlanta or like Pittsburgh. Chiefs news. Uh, I'll buy the idea that he hasn't had the, everything in perfect harmony. I buy that idea. But I haven't seen Justin Fields play a game where I've said, ah, there's my quarterback. Okay. I haven't seen that. And I got a quarterback out there who everybody says, you just well, said it yourself, who is right. on that level. Molly, I can I add this real quick? Yeah. One last point. To piggyback off of Doggy's point, Lewis, and I'll, I'll say this and then we can move on. Because mm. the previous regime passed up mm -hmm. on Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson to move up in the draft to take Mitchell Trubisky, there's even more pressure on this franchise to get Caleb Williams. No because question. if you departed from Justin Fields, everyone could understand it because of all the things that are being said about Caleb Williams, even though it's unproven on the NFL level. If you stick with Justin Fields yep. and pass up on Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams goes on to be a star, mm -hmm. that's an additional superstar at the quarterback position playing for somewhere other than Chicago. They cannot risk that. They have to take him, and they have to pass up on Justin Fields because of the mess. All right. I agree. Oh, I agree with that. I agree. All right. All right. 
Hey, hey, Molly Karam here. Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and much more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every single purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the pod. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. So according to our Jeremy Fowler, the Chiefs are prepared to use the franchise tag on cornerback Legereus Sneed and open to consummating a trade if no long-term deal is reached. And then Lewis Riddick, this just in, Marquez Valdez-Scantling being released by the Chiefs. What do you think's the bigger news here? Is it MVS or Sneed? No, I, well... I, I think I think the bigger news here is is Legereus Sneed because look I think with with MVS look they're going to wind up having they're going to add some more players to that position okay at the wide receiver position and MVS for as good as he is you know they they got everything out of MVS that they possibly could they have to upgrade that position I think now how do they handle Legereus relative to Chris Jones obviously not going to get tagged. Brett's going to try and work out a long-term deal with him. And what they ultimately end up doing with Legereus, because look, Legereus wants to get paid, and he deserves to get paid. He's one of Brett Beach's best draft picks that he's ever had in terms of what he, where he started coming out of La Tech and what he has become. He has also drafted some very good young corners in preparation and in anticipation of this decision that he has to come to right now, which is, do I tag Legereus and then trade him? Do I sign him to a long-term deal and let Chris go? Do I sign Chris to a long-term deal and let Legereus go? Brett has been thinking ahead for a while now, and I think this situation ultimately is going to wind up being one where he's going to wind up trying to recoup some draft picks for Legereus and have to let him go simply because he's going to get paid too much. And I think you have to trust the fact that he'll be able to find another corner because he has a history of doing so. Hmm. That's a big loss, though. Not scaling. He's uh, Lewis is 100% right. Uh, but no question. Great corner. Guys, guys, let's keep it rolling here. Let's stay with the Cowboys now. The uh, They have busy offseason ahead of them, right? Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, CeeDee Lamb all entering their last season under contract with Parsons still having his fifth-year option available. Now, while the Cowboys are currently needing to clear $9.9 million to reach the 2024 salary cap. Stephen Jones, how do you feel about the culture? From the organization on down, we feel we feel good about our culture. You always want to be better. Uh, I will say that our leadership on our team's outstanding. So, you know, you're always going to have somebody who's you know going to say something, uh, you know, that's not, you know, that might be, hey, that's their particular thought process on why we may have come up short. But I don't think in general 
personally, I don't think it's an issue. All right. I want to start with you, Mad Dog. Already shaking your head here. Bigger Dallas problem. Is it the talent or is it the culture? Oh, I think it's Jerry Jones. I mean, every he hasn't won since Jimmy left. I mean, let's be honest. He's doing press well, conferences. Barry Switzer, but you know. uh, that's true, but that was a Jerry Jones. That was a yeah. Jimmy thing. All yeah. right, thank you, Mr. Smith. You, know, you like to bring up history, right? You well, can't just forget right, that Barry, Jerry jo- left. Barry Switzer did win a Super Bowl. All right, but that was uh, Jimmy's team. I understand, but you Jeez. can't just, I'm just saying, hey, I'm you, you're the historian. That. you got to mention that. You can't just oh, get bypass that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I think you got major problems. And listen, they've done some good drafting. i, I got to be fair there, but I don't want Jerry Jones anywhere near my ball club. He's an owner. Stay as an owner and stay away. I don't want you on the field. I don't want you doing post-game interviews with the media. I don't want you doing radio shows. Uh, There is no accountability with the Cowboys. Um, Listen, Lewis will handle the talent scenario, but to me, the karma is always bad with that franchise. Why? Because the owner is too involved. Until he becomes less involved, then I think they maybe can move on and, and be, become a better football team. So I think it's the owner. Go ahead, Lewis. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the culture has caused the shortfalls. I think the shortfalls have caused the culture issues. I think the shortfalls have caused people to get agitated. And all of a sudden, people start looking for answers and start complaining and pointing fingers, and then family members weigh in, and then people are going on podcasts and they're pontificating about what's wrong with the team, and then all of a sudden, it, it's picked up by all of us, and then we all start talking about all the things that really don't really affect what ultimately is causing their shortfalls, which to me is a talent issue. And it reared its head in this postseason on the defensive side of the ball when teams in November, December, January really go back to really how football used to be 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago when Dallas was running things, which is it's decided up front. It's decided on the offensive and defensive lines. It's decided by controlling the football, imposing your will, being able to stop the run, being able to play multiple different styles of football depending upon who your opponent is. And Dallas can't do that. They have to play one way. And if they can't play that way, they can't win. And when they can't win, people start talking and complaining and moaning about this guy's contract, this guy's interceptions, that coach's lack of timeout, you know, mastery, that coach's lack of play calling in this situation. This is a personnel. They fixed some personnel issues on the defense side of the ball, especially on the first and second level right down the middle. I promise you they'll win some playoff games, and this culture stuff will go away. It'll go away because we won't be able to talk about them um, falling short in the playoffs and no one will have anything to complain about. I promise you. Uh, Your promises mean nothing when they come to the Dallas Cowboys because in order for them to be fulfilled, (laughs) it requires them to win. Which is not going to happen. That's you what know, I'm talking about. This is this That's is what I'm talking what the, about. This is what's fun. Like you said. Isn't that what result- I just said? Right, but I'm just saying, you said I promise you this is what will happen if they win. And I'm saying to you, oh, those oh, promises okay. are not gonna reach fruition because they ain't gonna win. And the reason they ain't gonna win is because see, here's <laughs> where it starts. They've got talent that's good enough. But you see, the culture is bad, but guess what? It's not just about the team. It's about the fandom. Mm. It's about the environment. See, people don't realize this. You know, just like D-Law, Demarcus Lawrence comes on first take during Super Bowl week. Basically talked about, told on himself the whole nine, mad respect to him. But what is he talking about? 
being a cowboy, everybody's bringing you their A game. Every week feels like a Super Bowl. Mm. Mentally, emotionally draining. Micah Parsons comes on my podcast, Stephen A. Smith Show. He didn't want to say that. He didn't want to bring that. He didn't like the fact that D-Law brought that up, and I get all of that. But my point is, is that it told the truth because it crystallized what mm. plagues the Cowboys. Jerry Jones is a marketing genius. He's a beautiful businessman. He's going to get you notoriety. He's going to get you headlines. It's going to, it's going to transition into money and yep. attention. As a result, that fandom's going to get caught up in it. And they're going to be like, ah, right on top of you. And as a result of that, the players have to respond to that. The players have to go on the field. You're talking about Jerry Jones. You're absolutely right. But it doesn't stop with him. It just, it's, it's, a, it's a byproduct. It's him. It's the okay. fan base. It's the fandom. It's everything. They can't handle it. Sorry, Good gotta, point. Cu- gotta cut this party off. It. We've gone 40 minutes straight. We have? We've gone 40 straight. Excellent television. Well, why are we in a corner break now? We got a lot more to do. Okay, let's commercial. Because we're going to pay Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Every baseball season, April 15th brings a reason for celebration. On this day in 1947, Jackie Robinson made his debut for the Brooklyn Dodgers, breaking Major League Baseball's color barrier. Robinson was named Rookie of the Year in 1947, NL MVP in 1949, and won a World Series with the Dodgers in 1955. There's a reason why his number 42 is the only jersey retired across the majors. Robinson's role in rewriting the script of America's pastime is eternal. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Quick take, Mad Dog. Shohei Otani hits a home run in his Dodger spring training debut. Otani finished one for three, striking out and grounding into a double play in his two other at-bats in the 9-6 win. What do you think? Oh, what my God. I'm gonna go, this is going to drive me crazy. Spring Why? training, it's a fly ball to left field, and we're going to make a big deal about it? Sure are. Welcome to first take, baby. I mean, he's a DH. I mean, he's not pitching. Oh, my goodness. I understand L.A., big market. They spend a fortune. He's the biggest star in the sport. It's a spring training game, and he had a fly ball to left field, and it's splattered all over America. Enough already. I mean, you know what I want him to do? How about in a few home runs in October? When the season counts, well, wait a how can we do that before well, we go crazy well, about a I, I, March I, I game or a February this, game? I will say this. You can't blame him for the ineptitude of the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim for all of those years. You can't do that to him. I will say that. Uh, fair. Number two, I would tell you that obviously expectations are high with the Dodgers. who, as far as I'm concerned, they're the modern-day Atlanta Braves. They keep winning division titles, keep getting to the postseason over a decade for crying out loud. They only got one World Series. And that was so in a pandemic. And that was during the pandemic. And so so 
they got a lot to prove. But to show up on your first day and to smack a home run, even though, like you said, it's pretty much a 10. I wouldn't go say, I ain't going to call it a fly ball. But the bottom line is this. It just hypes the expectations. They got to live up to it. Period. Too right. much. Dude. It's officially spring. You guys got your great Blazers on looking uh -huh. handsome. Let's stay with baseball. There are four big names yet to sign with the team for the 2024 MLB season, all represented by Scott Boris, including Blake Snell, who's coming off winning the NL Cy Young last season, Jordan Montgomery, who helped lead the Rangers to a World Series title. Mad Dog. Why are there still so many unsigned free agents? Well, Thoen Bellinger, who just signed, he wanted $200 million. He only got 80 from the right. Cubs. So, he, you know, and here's he was the projected to get over $200 million. And he didn't get near, near didn't that. Right. Now, listen, here, Boris is a tremendous agent. Him and Steve would make a tremendous combination, the two of them. Wow. Oh, my God. He's wow. a superstar with a superstar agent. I got, but, I got, I got Mark Shapiro. Uh, I think, I think he was I'm good, too. But this I'm guy. Just, I think I'm just fine. <laughs> but, but, right. but think about this for a second. I mean, Snell and Montgomery and Martinez and Chapman, they're not great players. They're good players. And he wants great money. Next year, he'll get it with Soto who he represents. He's a superstar. He's trans. He's transformational. These other guys, say, all right, Snow's okay. Montgomery's okay. Chapman strikes out. He hits 220, fields a ground ball. He's okay. J.D. Martinez is a D.H. And Boris wants, you know, you know what he wanted for, for Snow? $270 million for nine years. What? Are you kidding me? Nobody came near that. And here it is. It's March 1st, and these guys aren't signed yet. And they dribs and drabs of information. It's bad for baseball, and you have to be realistic with who you're representing and what you can get in the open market. I don't know if realistic is something that's applicable to Scott Boris. Remember, on the last day of February a couple of years ago, when everybody was wondering about Bryce Harper and what was going to happen, what does he do? He goes out and gets him a 13-year deal for $330 million. I think one year, uh, you know, what is it? I'm reading here, one year he secured $329 million worth of deals for Martinez, Jake Arrieta, and Eric Hosmer. Let's not forget that as well. He's pulled stuff out of his hat. Right? I remember the days when he was representing A-Rod and got him, you know, the bag, even though A-Rod stepped in with the Yankee stuff. It's like, enough's enough. You hold yeah. Now you're about to blow all of this for me. I get that. Scott Boris could be a pain in the you-know-what. There's no doubt about it. But there's no question that he's proved his mettle over the years. This has not been good for him. I'll look at that right now. I'm looking at a snail, right? Nothing's happened with him. Again, you brought up Bellinger, right? Jordan Montgomery, what you going to do for this guy? We got to wait to see what he's going to do there. Only, my only last point is this. Times have changed. Really, stat, really important stop the spot tracks numbers. Yep, Spending went, went way up 1.4 billion in 2021, 3.2 billion in 2022, then up to 3.7 billion in 2023. But right now, it's decreased to 2.2 billion. It's a different climate. And I think you're going to see people targeting Boris just to make sure he doesn't look good because the sport is tired of him. That's <laughs> what I think is going on. I think there's some right. truth to that. We're going to leave it there. <clears throat> ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks, predicting upsets, winning my bracket group, and leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, you can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.